0: this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on.
1: Hello and welcome to Bellringer. My name is Greg. Your guests name today are David Gonzalez and Fabio Osorio, the co-founders of Arbol, a startup helping college students overcome economic uncertainty, even beyond tuition, including textbooks, transportation, healthcare costs, all of those unexpected costs that add up. We talk about the company, why they started the company, and a lot of the support that they've received from Buffalo's entrepreneurial ecosystem at events, with other resources, engaging other partners, and learning from other founders. So, uh, David, for those that don't know, what is Arbol?
0: Yeah, so Arbol is a platform that powers uh, colleges and universities to identify students who are financially at risk, uh, and then connect them with funds instantly. Uh, So essentially we're solving for a problem where there's over 1 million uh, college students who drop out every year due to financial struggles. A lot of times that goes kind of unbeknownst to the college. Uh, So, you know, let's say Fabio was to uh, encounter uh, maybe like a car accident in which it put him, you know, underwater in the red. Um, A lot of times he's dealing with that on his own. And, uh kind of suffering in silence to a certain extent um while uh you know the college uh oftentimes wants to help uh so through Arbo we're a platform where the college can uh you know receive a request from Fabio that he needs help. And then have the rails to send them emergency funds right away so that he can, you know, take care of that small expense and and get back on, and focusing on school. So, um, yeah, and right now we've already gotten uh, five colleges that are, uh, you know, uh, locally or in the Buffalo area that we're actively working with and have already supported roughly about 50 students uh, today.
2: Yeah, let me add one thing that I uh, that I would say is uh, I know David was using it as an example, but. Uh, in reality, this is an. Ex- these are all experiences that uh, David and I have experienced as uh, first-generation college students, uh, coming from a low-income background. Um, um, in my case, um, you know, when I was back in college, uh, I had no money to to buy books. Um, I always ran out of money to buy food. Um, So uh, fortunately, I was able to rely on my support system of uh, friends and family who were able to uh, be there when I needed them. Uh, But, uh, you know, there are many people out there who don't have that. Uh, And and these are high achievers, uh, high potential individuals who unfortunately don't have a support system. So we understand the problem really well and uh you know we're leveraging our our knowledge uh capabilities to be able to build something and support the people that uh um you know that are going through these experiences
1: right javier you just touched on it a little bit but i think people's minds probably jump first to just tuition costs you know that like rising tuition costs is such a popular topic in the news and a pain point for people but you know Specifically on your platform, like what are the toughest economic barriers that you're seeing from college students that maybe go unnoticed that are under the surface? You know, you mentioned books, David mentioned that car crash, like what, you know, what are some of these silent struggles that you kind of fill the gap on?
2: Yeah, great question. Uh, There are a few categories. I would start with uh, uh, housing related expenses. Um, So. You know, housing is is uh, up there in terms of uh, you know one of the most expensive uh, categories uh, uh, as far as, you, as far as your living expenses. Um, especially if you are a financially independent student, uh, meaning you're responsible for your own rent, uh, you're not receiving financial support from a friend, family member, mom, and dad. Um, so, in average, that's between you know seven hundred dollars to about four hundred dollars, right? uh monthly uh and it's even more expensive if you're the one who is paying for your entire entire family's uh rent um or you know uh uh, mortgage if you will um so I would I would start with that housing related expenses uh rent or uh just mortgage Um, the other category is uh transportation um if uh, if you are going to school part-time, uh, most likely you are taking the, the bus or driving to school. Um, so you know, when you think about driving, right you're paying for your car, you're paying for uh, maintaining your car, uh, you're paying for gas, uh, So all those you're paying for insurance as well, registration, all of that adds up. Um, and if your car ever breaks down, uh, that's an additional expense that you have to cover. Um, and, uh, you have no savings set aside. And most people, if you just look at the data, unfortunately don't have enough savings set aside, emergency funds to be able to cover that expense. Um, you're forced to have to borrow, right. To be able to, to cover that financial need. So transportation, um, insurance, gas, all of that is, is the second largest expense, followed by food, food. That's another, uh, big expense. Uh, and I'm talking about just the essential um, uh, things uh, or expenses related to food. Uh, some of the students that we're working with uh, rely on coupons or have to go to the uh, food pantry to get food for free. Um, so those are I would say those are the three major categories uh, that most students experience.
1: And then, David, the other side of the coin is the the sponsors, right? So uh I guess a two-part question like one you know who are the sponsors why are they interested in this giving and two like what are the barriers that you know your platform helps to solve for them
0: yeah so there's a like who are they is a, I would say three prompt number one is that we're working through colleges themselves to be able to leverage their emergency funds and put it to better use so right now um let's say like uh, fabio pick on him he had an emergency um well let's say that car crash happened well for the college to know about it he would have to um, notify his professor his professor would then have to refer uh, the issue to someone at financial aid who manages the fund and uh, then fabio would have to apply and then all of a sudden it's two months later the problem's Come and gone. Bobby has missed two months of classes. He's dropped out. <laughs> um, so everything's too slow. So that's one. So we're streamlining that process, enabling the colleges to, to put the money that they have set aside for these type of situations to better work. That's number one. Number two is uh, activating their alumni base. Less than 1% of alumni uh, you know, give towards emergency funds or give to uh, needs-based grants that go directly to the students. Uh, but they want to do it. Uh, you'll see one of the biggest complaints that uh, alumni that come from alumni groups is that, hey, where's my money going? How is it being used and how is it actually making a real impact and um that's something that we're able to solve for for the uh, for for those alumni base bases by um one taking that data that we're working with with the student to identify their story like hey look, I, I come to mind a, a student named Sarah um that we're working with and uh Sarah, uh, she's operating in the negative right now. We were trying to figure out like, how is she doing this? So she's, she's operating with about a $1,200 gap for each semester, but right, well, how are you doing this? And uh, come to find out, um, she is selectively t- selectively not going to class on certain days <laughs> uh, because she can't afford transportation, the bus to and from the college that she attends. Uh, she will strategically not pay rent. <laughs> for a for a for a month, uh, that buys her time so that she can work a little bit more uh off semester so then she can catch up on rent. Uh so these students uh you know she has a pretty interesting story. She's also maintaining a 3.0 grade average. So we take the the, the you know, we take those those story points and then feed that to the funder so that they can, you know, obviously participate and see what the type of impact that they're making for a high potential student. Um, And there's countless stories like this, unfortunately, but then there's also the turnaround story um, where we have a student like Angela, who was three credit hours away from graduation, um, had an unexpected emergency, uh, was an international student, so she's paying for tuition out of her pocket. Now she was faced with a dilemma, do I pay my medical bill, which is $6,000, or do I pay for college? Well, uh, we were able to identify and corroborate the story within days raised six thousand dollars to our uh, donor network got her the money within a week she's back in school didn't have to to, uh, have that dilemma the further reward for the for the for the donor is that angela in exchange for receiving that money keeps her donors up to date with how things are going this past may she just graduated um and now she's a lawyer uh, and now she's actively kind of paying it forward and giving back uh, and participating in the donor network. And that's how everything comes full circle. So that's kind of how that second group comes into play is the alumni and then non-alumni too, which is really important um, because, um, you know, one one kind of orthodoxy that we're pushing on is you don't have to be an alumni at a college to help someone out. <laughs> and uh, that's something where we're starting to activate people who are uh, uh, part of the community, rather they're, and what we're saying is kind of like, um, You know, first gen graduates who understand it doesn't matter what college that you went to; they just want to help. But then the interesting group is employers, Uh, because there's a talent pipeline uh, that is kind of broken. Is you have all of these students that aren't making it to graduation uh, that have the hard skills that and soft skills that are needed uh, to be the next software engineer or lawyer or doctor or what have you, and um, You know, there's a lot of demand for diversity in the workplace. Well, geez, we're able to have that employer class uh, actually. And and people who are, uh, you know, rather it's an individual uh, actually invest in those students and make sure that they're, you know, have the financial resources to get past those barriers and make it all the way to to graduation. But a cool thing is that you're able to develop that relationship, you know, as early as freshman year. and. and and yeah, that's kind of where, where everything kind of comes together. So those are three classes that we're working with. And and, and all three of them are, are live in their own way.
1: You talked a bit in there about kind of like the closing of the feedback loop when the student hopefully, you know, resolves their issue, goes on to graduate, and and that gets communicated back to different sponsors. Um Fabio, just tell us about, you know, like the value you see in that community end where there is like a feedback loop that does get closed and it's not kind of just like funneling one way, but there's information in that storytelling that goes back the other way.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think I, like David explained, um, you know, one of one of the things that, that we've been hearing for, from um, our donor base is that uh, um, giving for the sake of giving is not enough. right? Uh, they really care about uh, how their money is being used. Uh, they really care about, uh, you know, going going beyond just making a contribution. They want to they want to see results. Um, they really care about how the money is being used to produce good results in the lives of the students. So uh, we enable the students to be able to achieve those results through the financial planning process that uh, we're providing to them. And, um, and then that information gets communicated back to the donors, right? When a donor is able to see that um, it's more than just a a message, right? They're actually able to see that return on the impact that they're making. Um, So it's really, really valuable. In fact, we were just um, a couple of days ago, we got a Here's another example, we got an email from uh, uh, a young lady, um, uh, Shakira, who is uh, um, she graduated from the uh, uh, School of Law at UB uh, with a JD, uh, and she recently passed the bar, we, through the support of our donor base, we were able to help her register for the bar, that was an expense that unfortunately she was not able to cover herself um and uh just recently she sent us a quick email and let us know that uh that she was able to pass the bar um uh, and uh and now she's able to practice as a lawyer um so we were able to unlock that right through that financial support and then we we took that information and and shared it with our um uh, uh, our network of donors and they were able to see in real time right how their money is actually creating impact in the lives of the students um, so, yeah, it's extremely important, um, and what we're starting to see as well is donors starting to react to that and offering additional support, uh, not only monetarily, but also with time uh, through advice and guidance. All
1: right. Well, it's an awesome idea, awesome company, and obviously some awesome success stories and stories that are coming out of it, so we appreciate everything you're doing. I did want to pivot just toward the end of the conversation and talk a little bit about um you know buffalo startup ecosystem you know i see both of you guys at plenty of events around town there's a very like communal vibe to the entrepreneurial ecosystem here um so david i guess i'll I'll start with you i just wanted to talk you know hear from you a little bit about the impact that the community has had on you know yourselves as co-founders the company the you know any support that you feel all that kind of stuff so folks outside of the region can understand you know what what buffalo is all about yeah
0: i i'm appreciative of the community and uh support that i received um i started at kangaroo time which is a local 43 north based startup that, that that's really starting to take off um and then was able just to kind of learn what it's like to be at a startup to grow a startup to run a startup and uh you know i was able to be paired with uh, a mentor like Scott Wayman who's the CEO and uh you know it just is indicative of someone who actually took the time and kind of showed me the ropes a little bit and uh enabled me to uh uh to go down this path with Fabio as a founder and um you know ever since we've been able to make that transition too we've you know get deeper into the community where everyone's sharing ideas sharing contacts and you know helping to, you know, if you don't know someone you should you know there's a lot of people that uh, uh, that help uh, make those introductions um so I think for the most part it's been been amazing just to be able to uh, really learn something that's uh that's very, very distinct uh, which is kind of like early stage startups, which is uh, and kind of a little bit counterintuitive to more mature businesses and and uh there's a uh, the community's been able to you know help teach me and us how to uh I'll go ahead and, and and have a shot at making making Arbo succeed in whatever venture we have next. Awesome. Well, I
1: appreciate both of your time joining us. Before we end, um, we always do a couple hard-hitting what we call blizzard round questions. So I'll go uh, I'll I'll ask the question, David. You can answer, then Favio, and we'll uh we'll wrap in just a minute here. So if you were a flavor of ice cream, David, what would you be?
0: Uh, uh I'd be Twist, uh, a little bit of vanilla and and chocolate. Because I'm a amalgamation of lots of different influences.
2: Yeah, my guess yeah would be uh
0: men chocolate chip.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's a uh what's a book or TV show that you'd recommend?
0: Ooh, TV show. Uh uh which uh, would I just watch? Uh Succession's amazing. Watch it watch (laughs) it. It is great choice. Fabio, how about you?
1: (laughs)
2: Yeah. um, So one, so I I got a lot of book recommendations, but one of the, one of the books I would recommend is actually a fiction book called um, Project Help Mary" by Andy Weir. Uh, Amazing book. Uh, Yeah, I won't say much more about it. It's just an amazing book.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. How about um, text or phone call? Phone Um, call. Text for me. Okay, hiking or skiing. Uh, I
0: hate heights. Uh, I do I do hiking. I can tolerate that, but <laughs> snowboarding. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: How about um bills or sabers? Bills. Bills.
1: Last question, most important, chicken wings, drumstick or
0: flat? I started off as a drumstick person. I'm starting to uh, appreciate the flats. I'm a, a flat person as of today. <laughs> Interesting. I'm the elbow, I like the uh, drumsticks.
1: Awesome. Thank you both very much for your time and, and everything you're doing in Western New York. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Greg. This was fun. Thank you.
1: Bellringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo, Niagara, the region's nonprofit privately funded economic development organization, bringing new jobs for our neighbors and new investment for our neighborhoods. Come grow your business with us.